Welcome to another edition of Give an Ovation, the Restaurant Guest Experience podcast, where I talk to industry experts to get their strategies and tactics you can use to create a five-star guest experience. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, a two-question SMS-based real-time guest feedback platform that helps restaurants measure and improve their guest experience. Learn more at OvationUp.com. And today, we have Dr. James Pogue, which... And and even though if you, if you see his name, it's Pogue like Vogue is what is what I was thinking. Is that right? Pogue like Vogue with a P. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> and if you, I, I saw him at the Prosper Conference in Jacksonville, Florida this year. That's where we met uh, through some mutual friends. And my man was styling. He was Vogue on Vogue. I loved uh, loved his um, loved your outfit. Loved your demeanor. Loved what you were about, and he has spent 15 years helping leaders and team member team members understand how to connect better with one another through the lens of diversity, inclusion, and belonging. And uh, James, thanks for joining us on Give Innovation. Absolutely. Now I'm infected by 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 the Zach energy. <laughs> I, I know we were we were sitting here having literally right before we hit record. He was like, you know. I, I like to be like to be calm, a little more reserved than most people. And I'm like, all right, let's hit record. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I will say that all of my best friends have a, a different personality. They're a bit more energetic, a bit more like woohoo, which I, which I'm fine with. I'm like, you know, sometimes I want to go do something. I don't know if I really should. I'm like, ah, oh, come on, James, let's go. All right, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Love that. So talk to us a little bit about diversity, inclusion, and belonging. We were chatting about this right before we hit record as well. And there's, you know, it's it's an interesting take because normally I hear DEI, right? And a lot of people know what DEI means, um, but I wasn't as familiar with the phrase, the, the DIB. So talk to me a little bit about the difference between DEI and DIB, diversity, sure. so- inclusion, and belonging. The in general is the idea that both there are acronyms for words and the, the, the words are less important than the concept and how the concept infects us as your energy does me and how all of these things can help us be better leaders and make better teams. So conceptually, the broad idea is there are uh, uh, deep connections between team members and leaders make for better production, make for higher innovation, make for more creativity and all of that leads to greater profits. And there's a period at the end of that, the data has been in for about 15, 18 years, right? So then the question becomes, how do we connect? How do we keep deep connections? How do we make more deep connections? Well, there are some things that get in the way, speed bumps. And a lot of those things that get in the way are in the broadly speaking inclusion world. Five years, 10 years, 20 years ago, diversity, equity, inclusion, affirmative action, civil rights. All of these were the words of the day. And unfortunately, sometimes those words get snatched and dunked in negativity. And then when someone brings them up, it can easily derail a very important conversation. Mm. Right. So in today's marketplace, somebody says DEI, their mind can go a certain way and about being woke or about being uh, 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 um captivated or compromised in some kind of way that is way outside of the needs that people have to be connected. So what we use is diversity, inclusion, and belonging, right? Dibs. And in part, I I chose that because the dibs is easy to say, right? You gotta have something people are gonna remember, right? And DEI was easy to say, but then folks grab that, 
and dunked it in this negativity. So my job with my clients is to help them to understand that deep connections help make for better teams, easy sell. Second, some things get in the way of that, easy sell. Some of those things are inclusion related and we'll help you find the language, the tools and the strategies to get out ahead of it so you can win. So talk to me about this strategic mindset about switching, because basically what you've done is you've replaced the word equity with the word belonging, right? So, because there's diversity and inclusion, and those two things, you said, hey, these these ones are, uh, after it's been d- dumped in negativity, these two things have remained, and you've replaced equity with belonging. Talk to me about the difference between, in your mind, or or maybe how you perceive, how others perceive the words equity and the words belonging. Sure. So one, equity is, is, is a bit challenging for people to, to sometimes gather. We need very simple uh, definitions for very complex concepts. And, mm-hmm. and that can be tough. And so in order for me to get you invested in the conversation, I have to give you something you can easily digest, right? Very easily digest. Number one, diversity is pretty simple for all the things we can legally count. Every organization is diverse, right? And diversity is way more than race and way more than gender and way more than sexuality. It's also geography. It's also spirituality or religion. It's also differing abilities. It's also age. We have what we call the dibs or diversity, inclusion, and belonging big nine. These are the most impactful areas of diversity. My favorite color is emerald green, but every day of the week, my age is more impactful to how I see the world and how the world sees me than my favorite color. Yeah. Easy to sell, easy to digest. Then there's inclusion. I've never met a leader yet. that when I say, would you like to be a more inclusive leader? Meaning anyone can follow you. You can lead anyone. doesn't matter where they're from, what language they speak, whether they've got a wife or a husband, two kids or no kids. I can lead you. You can follow me. Let's go. Do you want to be that kind of leader? Easy sell, easy to digest. Belonging. I want to belong to your team. You want to belong to my team. We should be in service to one another. That's the connection that helps me run through fire for you. Do you want me to belong to you? Do you want to belong to me? Answer is yes. Easy sell. It's not that equity isn't important. It's that sometimes these things can be a bit more complex to to get into the uh, conversation. So I need to get you in first. And then the rest of this helps the medicine go down. I like that. So what do you do when you're in an area that maybe doesn't have a lot of obvious diversity, right? I mean, uh, you know, I I lived in, in downtown San Francisco. I lived in New York City. You walk out of the street. It's a very diverse area, very diverse community. Um, you know, in Dallas, there's some of the areas you walk around in Dallas. Some areas are diverse and some areas are very not diverse, right? In both ways. Some areas... Everyone looks brown, everyone looks dark, some areas everyone looks white, right? And so if you're in an area, let's say that you're in an area where it's a predominantly white area and you're running a restaurant, how do you how do you sponsor uh dibs in your sure. restaurant? Sure. So the, the first thing we have to do is remember that diversity has always been more than what I can see. Right? What I believe you can't see. Right. But a lot of people don't necessarily see it that way. Right. I agree. And so when I walk through the door, that's one of the first things I'm going to say. 
Diversity has always been more than what we can see. Mm. Always. We have been wrapped up in the conversations that distract us and derail us into thinking it's about who looks this way and who looks that way. Right. It's always been more than that. Right. We have to, to, to give ourselves permission to see and feel and touch and believe it all. Because in that small town in Midland, Texas, where everybody looks more or less alike, where everybody kind of worships more or less alike, everybody didn't have the same number of kids. Everybody's not married. Somebody lost their wife or husband to a terrible incident and somebody has been single their whole life. That's two different ways of being single. Yeah. yeah. So we need to understand the person next to us, although they may look like me, has had a different experience life and that's okay. And then expect them to bring that difference to the decision making table. Hmm. Right. And we we have this phrase, we say, uh, uh, bring your whole self to the office. Do you mean it? Do you really mean it? Because if so, I'm a widower. I lost my wife to cancer. And every now and again, I'm feeling sad and I understand what it's like to feel lost. Right. OK, well, how do we use that to inform how we care for our, our clients or our guests in our in our in our restaurants? Right. How do we use his experience, my experience, her experience, their experience? See, and, and first of all, I'm, you know, I'm so sorry for your loss. I think that's something that I. Uh, oh, no, no, that wasn't me. I'm saying that was, that oh, was that example. <laughs> OK. All right. <laughs> well, I'm I'm happy that that didn't happen to you, but you know it's one of those things where I my um my my uh, sister she called me up one day she was bawling and she you know her husband's uh, name is Luke and she was hysterically crying and she said Luke was hit by a car mm. and I I was you know tears came to my eyes and I'm just like oh my gosh I am so sorry like what happened and she said um dad let him out of the house and i was like what it's like yeah dad let him out of the house and he was crossing the street and got hit by a car i go why did dad let luke out of the house like i don't understand like what are you talking about and in her hysterics i misunderstood her she was saying rue which ah. was one of our dogs <laughs> It was still very, very sad, but just in comparison to what I thought it was. Anyway, she's still happily married to Luke, and he did not get hit by a car. Rue, unfortunately, <laughs> did not make it. But but that's, that's a great point, though. It was like, how do you take these life experiences and put them in? And um, But here's the balance I, I always wonder about, James. How do you welcome people to bring their experiences in, but not like define people by them. Like, for example, I, uh, my, my wife and I, she, well, she primarily teaches a youth Sunday school class. And one of the kids in the class had his father, his father passed away a few years ago due to cancer. And a lot of times when we get to a discussion topic, like I want to turn to him and say, Hey, how, how has grace affected your life? Given that you lost your father. Right. But I don't want to I don't want to constantly ask him about that if he doesn't want to bring it up. So how do you allow for that? And that's the balance, right? Is yes. I recognize that there's diversity. I want to help them feel comfortable talking about it, but I also don't want them to feel like they're defined by 
that moment in their life yeah. or that thing that maybe they don't necessarily define themselves by, right? It's a, it's a tricky balance. How do, how do we approach that, do you think? Well, I, I'd start with saying what you just described is the heavy yoke of leadership. Always yeah. searching for the balance. Always searching for balance. I used to compete in karate a lot 100 years ago, national championships, world championships. And my instructor would have us do things in the off season that were different from the regular work that we would do. I said, well, you know what? I, I don't know what I'm going to do. He says, you should try rollerblading. I said, look, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to put on all these pads and be all bundled up and be sliding around the earth. I'm not doing it. He says, that's your problem. He says, you need to go and rollerblade figure it out. He says, it's just like everything else in life. It's the eternal search for balance. Mm. Right. And so the leader has to have the courage to know that this person over here has had loss shaped this way. Right. Father, this person has had loss shaped differently. My pet. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Loss is loss. Loss is loss. You know, a very wise person, my sister, told me this. Loss is loss. And it can burn you up, eat you up, instruct you in different ways. There's a, a phrase, uh, I think it's Tolkien that said it. Um, what, what gifts of God, what punishments of God are not gifts? Mm. Right? And so if a person believes in that framework, helping them struggle towards how do you use the loss of dad or the loss of your favorite pet to make you a better hospitality professional. Yeah. Right. Cause I can see things differently. I can smell things differently. The air is sweeter. Each moment means more to me might be this person's answer, right? Another person's answer might be something different, but I expect you to figure out, and I'm going to help you use that loss to make you a better professional. I'm not your therapist. I'm your leader. I'm your teammate. Right. But it's going to make us better. It's going to make us more deeply connected. And if we're more deeply connected, we can ask more of one another and pull more out of one another. Deeply connected teams win at a higher rate than everyone else. And all these different pieces of diversity that make up the guts of who we are help us with that. They can get in the way. But if as leaders, we can learn to leverage that and have the courage to jump off the cliff that's in front of us, right? With grace. I mean, you brought that as a word we use a lot over here. Grace, 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 right? I'm going to ask you some questions. Hey, you know, the, the example you gave, uh, how has your, your father's situation helped you see? Now let's translate that to adults. I'm a 35-year-old person working in your restaurant. I'm going to give you the grace to, yeah, you can check on me, right? It's okay. Check on me please. And if you check on me wrong, I'm going to give you the grace to see that, well, you know what, Zach, he was trying. He cares about me. Right. It was Father's Day coming up. He didn't know whether or not to give me the day off or to ask me to work. Mm. He didn't. He didn't know. So he came to me and said he he didn't schedule me for that day because he just figured I'd want the day off. He didn't know that I'd rather be busy. Yeah. That I love seeing other people and their fathers in the restaurant. It reminds me of dad. He didn't know. So I give him grace and I say, Zach, why would you schedule me off? Oh, I thought you might want the time. Well, you should have asked me. Grace. Yeah, grace. I think that that makes it that that's so true, because I think what happens is 
especially with in, in my private conversations with a lot of uh, leaders who don't, in your words, look diverse, they they fear bringing up diversity because they fear saying something wrong, right? They don't want to say the wrong thing to to trigger, to offend, to feel, to make somebody feel like they don't belong by calling out a difference, be it mental, be it life experience, be it cultural skin color, whatever. And I think that's what what would you say to someone that's afraid to to bring up diversity because maybe they feel like, you know, and I, and I know I felt this personally where I want to talk about diversity, but sometimes I don't want people to think like, oh, here's just the white guy talking about diversity, right? Sure. Where it's like, yes, but I've got a very diverse experience in life. And, uh, but I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to offend someone who was going to be like, oh, well, he's going to, he's trying to single me out because I'm different than him. And I'm, and my, my thing is to your point, we're all different from each other. It's just different looks different depending on where we are. So what would you say to that person who, who worries about bringing it up the wrong way? Two, two things I would share. One is again, it's about being a leader, right? decisions that are made from a fear-based platform are often wrong-headed decisions. And you don't have the luxury, right? You don't have the luxury as the leader who raised their hand and said, follow me, right? You don't have that luxury. You have to, you must. You must find the courage in the absence of confidence, in the absence of comfort. Sometimes in the absence of knowledge, you have to have courage. Mm. You must, right? I didn't say it was fair, but you're the leader. So lead, right? The second thing I would say is if we want to succeed, if we want to win, if we want to be able to learn more and explore ideas, we have to risk offending one another. We have to risk it, right? We have to risk offense. Hmm. And so, you know, Zach risked offense by not scheduling me for Father's Day. He risked it. He didn't know. He made a decision, right? I go back to him and say, wait a second, why didn't you schedule me? Oh, I I figured you'd want that day off. You should have asked me. Now, me, I got an attitude. You should have asked me. You didn't even bother to ask me. Translation, you've offended me. Mm -hmm. Zach is the leader. Sorry about that. My fault. I'm going to ask you for a little grace. How can we work this out? I want to make this right. You must risk offense. And in today's marketplace, I get it. It's a little scary, especially for the big asks. So you surround yourself with people that you can pressure test your ideas on, pressure test your conversations on, right? That, that's a fine strategy. But as the leader, you don't have the luxury of sitting in the background. Go stand out front where you belong. I love that. James, how do people, I, I mean, this has been such an enlightening conversation. I've loved having you on. I, I wish this podcast were three hours and I think that we would have, <laughs> I think we'd have 20 hours of content here. Um, but James, how do people find and, and follow you or uh, reach out if they want, if they want you to come and speak at their, uh, sure. at their so uh, our website, jamespogue.com, if you want to reach me there, I'm on the LinkedIn, as my grandmother calls it. James Pogue PhD is there. 
Um, otherwise, uh, James, uh, James Pogue at jamespogue.com or info at jamespogue.com. Yeah, we're, we move around. So we'll, we'll hop on a plane and come hang out with you. Awesome. Well, Dr. James, for showing us that the scales of leadership does have a balance, and that is with a little bit of grace. Today's ovation goes to you. Really appreciate you joining us and giving ovation, James. Yes, sir. Woohoo! <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. If you like this episode, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite place to listen. We're all about feedback here. Again, this episode was sponsored by Ovation, a two-question SMS-based actionable guest feedback platform built for multi-unit restaurants. If you'd like to learn how we can help you measure and create a better guest experience, visit us at OvationUp.com.